Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Absolutely, absolutely. You're listening to Rashawn McDonald, and you're... On the, being played on the airways of Money Making Conversation, the fastest growing podcast in America. I'm going to put that out there because it's happening. It's, I'm just telling the truth. But if you're not listening to me on podcasts, you can hear me in Atlanta, Georgia. That's just a part of the journey that I've been able to develop in building this brand that we call Money Making Conversation. My next guest, he's on the phone right now, and I'm excited to interview him. He is an NBA all-star, tech investor, and New York Times bestselling author of The Sixth Man. The Swingman was an all-star, NBA all-star in 2012 and has been named to the NBA all-defensive team twice. He was the uh, NBA Finals MVP. I remember that year. Oh, boy, he was, he was terrible, terrible. And was a key component to the basketball, basketball success during the world championship run of the Golden State Warriors. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Andre Iguodala. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, my friend. So uh, you, you you sound alert here, Andre. You know, uh, what, what city are you in, my friend? I'm in L.A. at the moment, getting a little um, work done on the body, lifting a little bit, and uh, getting some PRP, plasma replacement uh, treatment for the body, to, uh, you know, for the upcoming season, trying to get ready um, and have another successful run at it. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it, and part of your book, you talk about, you know the, the training, uh, a lot. You know the high tech training that you you really have to look at your body. You know, I've, I've heard when I was reading about uh, LeBron James, he spends over a million dollars. He has, when he flies, his trainers fly with him. What exactly do do you? What exactly do? When when did the mindset that you have to take care of your body start? Because I, I read your book, which is called The Six Man, Six the, the the Six Man, and it started your journey. You know, in Springfield, Illinois. And then you go through high school. You know, really, you started early elementary, middle school. You talk about your brother Frank, and then you get to college in Arizona. You almost went to Arkansas, and then uh, Nolan Richardson he 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 resigned, and so you changed your mind and went to Arizona. So when did you start taking care of your body? Um, I say you know you start having those conversations early in the league. I mean, the league tries to uh, pack as much information into um, a week as they can. You know, because that's all the time they have. It's called the Rookie Transition Program, and you you hear that moniker. You know, if you if you bought a Ferrari, would you put cheap gas in it? <laughs> you, you start you start hearing that a lot. And right. You can apply that to pretty much anything. Right. That you're doing, and say, you know, if you had a Ferrari, how would you treat it? You know, how many times would you wash it? You hand wash it. You would hand wash it, or mm-hmm. you know, you would make sure it didn't get a scratch, or you would put the right fluids into it. Right. Um, you would put the right things in any part of the engine and you would put top of the line products with it. You know, uh, if you're cleaning the tires, you're trying to use the best tire cleaner. So in, in terms of just my body, um, I started to watch other guys and see what they were doing. Right. And it took me a, 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 some years to find kind of like my niche and kind of find what was optimal for me and the big thing was just doing a lot of homework doing my own studying mm-hmm. um surrounding myself with people who were sharing that knowledge and it was about 
it was really when I started fixing my sleep and taking my behind the bed is when a lot of things changed. And, and I said, okay, I'm not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And I started studying sleep mm-hmm. and saying, okay, you got to get the eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that are keeping you up. And these are the things that will help you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And once you start with that layer, you get really in depth with one thing that flows into a lot of other lifestyle things in terms of health. And from there, the, the, what I was started eating flowed into it, you know, um, less meat, a lot like, like you no, know, almost cut out meat, uh, dairy, um, sugar, trying to working on that, which is hard, really hard to do because you're just so accustomed to having those things in the American diet. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. really a, a lot of it was going back to tracing my roots and, and seeing, you know, what was beneficial to, um, you know, the generations and generations before me and, and what their diets were like and, right. and how that affected their body. Right. Um, reading a book right now called the sports gene and talks in terms of, you know, what genes different cultures have and, mm-hmm. and how that affects our performances in different sports. And, you know, why Ethiopians and Kenyans are great at, uh, long distance and how Jamaicans are great at sprinting and, mm-hmm. you know, how diets can, you know, help enhance you or how a diet can help you compete with the likes of those cultures. So, um, just really started to do my homework with anything, um, involving, you know, whether it be basketball, whether right. it be business and, and how I can, uh, be my optimal self. Now, let me ask you this, Andre. Um, we're, we're talking about your book, The Six Man, but you as a person, what what view or what perspective a person you would want a person to have about you as a as a man, as a as a husband, as a father, as a as a business person? What 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 image do you want to project when people say your name or you walk into a room? I think I would just want people to realize that you know. I do my homework, you know, I'm very focused on process, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not necessarily about the end results or, you know, the money or the fame. For me, it's about seeing a journey or seeing an end goal. And I really enjoy putting all the pieces together right. to build that ultimate puzzle. Right, you know, whether that be uh, on the championship team mm-hmm. or uh, helping a team be the best team that that they can be, you know, it may only be a team first round exit, but that we played our best basketball, mm-hmm. we got the most out of every single person on the team, you mm-hmm. know, that was a successful year for that particular team, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I feel like I can, I'm trying to enhance anyone that I'm around, right, you know, I tell friends that or I tell business people that that I get close to or invest in companies, you know. When I invest in a company and they say, what else do you bring the table, to the table besides, you know, the, the financial side or, or the, the equity? And I say, however, I can help the company. Mm-hmm. And that may be putting you in touch with other companies that I invested in or putting you in touch with right. um, power movers who can help you find a CFO or help you find a CMO. Right. You know, I've, I've tried to find a, a good network of people across the globe and um, just connecting people and um, building great products, building great companies, and uh, it's been a great journey. Uh, it's sort of like being a GM on a basketball team. You, know, you got to find the right coach, <laughs> right? Right. Um, basketball development system to mm-hmm. enhance the players. Uh, just 
bringing the best out of everybody. Well, you know, the thing about it, when I was reading your book, uh, the book is called The Six Band. I'm talking, I'm interviewing Andre Iguodala. And his book and it's a New York Times bestselling book. Uh, the thing that came across when you talk about your brother, who's an amazing athlete, you talk about Jeff Walker, uh, you talk about different athletes who, who came along your life. You took what they, what you felt they never took the, 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 to the next level. Like for instance, you talk about, you know, you read newspapers, you know, people walk in the room and go, why, why is this young kid reading newspapers? Cause they thought that was odd, but your but that was part of the house. You could read the newspaper. Yeah. Your your parents, your mom, excuse me, your mom felt that was part of the growth process to know the world mm-hmm. for real. I do that with my daughter. I always tell my daughter all my life, I say, sit down and look at the six o'clock news. You want to mm-hmm. know what life, look at the news. Don't look at those, that other stuff. But you got to look at the news. And that was your mom's approach was the newspaper. My approach was the six o'clock news. And so when you look at the things that, that you value and that you're growing, and we got like 50 seconds left in this break, can you say real quick about... What bothered you when you didn't see people with talent take advantage of it? Yeah, so I, I really would, would try to process that, especially at a young age when you got people older than you um, who you looked up to. And what I found was, you know, you can become a product in your environment where, you know, folks didn't expect you, you know, they, they generalized you. They didn't expect you to have success in the classroom. They didn't mm-hmm. expect you to, you know, have a mind and be able to, speak it and be able to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was that, it was a challenge, you know, I made that a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to show you that mm-hmm. it's more than dribbling a ball. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to have success in the classroom. I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. uh, spark a debate and be able to articulate, you know, why I feel the way that I feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to learn as much as I can to be able to have success in those conversations. Awesome. So it was awesome. just, awesome. it was a challenge that I try to put, uh, on myself and, and, and complete it. My man, you know, just hearing you talk, you know, just hearing uh, the strength in your tone, the knowledge, um, your mom, you know, I, I'll be remiss if I don't uh, bring her name up during this conversation. Just tell us the impact that she had in your life and, um, and how you t- carry that impact to affect other people positively. Yeah. Well, my mom was very uh, instrumental in, you know, everything that I did, you know, even in playing sports, uh, she played a little bit of ball, uh, but she understood the game. She watched the game and she was very specific in terms of what her goals were and where she wanted us to be. Uh, we didn't have to be rich or, 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 you know, we had, she had her own definition of success, which was, you know, experiencing the world, you know, not being, having a small town mindset, which a lot of the athletes where I come from has, Mm-hmm. You know, they're always afraid to experience different things. That's why they end up right back at home when mm-hmm. they, you know, after after a couple months of college, you know, that was like the norm, you know, go to college for a couple months and then end up right back home. Couldn't handle the pressures or, you know, the, you know, weren't as familiar with that environment and mm-hmm. couldn't handle it. So that was stuck in my mind at a young age. You know, you're getting out, you going forward from home as possible and you're going to see the world and, and you're going to maximize your potentials. And uh, she was very tough at times, but she was loving at the same time. You know, I was a mama's boy, so I was very attached to her. Um, so, you know, it was, it's having somebody that had confidence in you, but having somebody that held you accountable. And you know, when you got out of line, out of line she put you right back out there you of go. line really fast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she didn't play no games, but at the same time, you knew it was somebody that had your back. You I knew it came from a loving place. So, you know, it, 
it actually made it easy. You know, when I got in trouble by my mother, you know, I would sit back and reflect and be like, I was in the wrong. You know, most of us would be like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, my mom did me wrong or my dad did me wrong and I don't understand why they doing this to me. But for me, it was like, I don't know what it was. She just was such a great parent that I understood everything she was trying to, Love it. to do or get across. Love it. She just wanted me to be successful. My man, NBA All-Star in 2012, NBA All-Star, All-Defensive Team twice, NBA World Champion, Olympic Champion, also should have been slam dunk, slam dunk champion, but that didn't happen because guess what? There's some bad judges sitting at the table. Y'all go out and buy his book. He's my man. Andre Iguodala, the sixth man. Getting excited to talk about that slam dunk they should have gave you. My man, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, if you ever need me, tell your PR people to send me some um, some banners so I can put it on my social media so I can extend yes, the opportunity sir. to promote it out there. Man, you're great, dude. Do not change anything that you do about yourself, okay? Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. We were having coffee, and I asked Jen where we should go on vacation. And I said, with our bills, I don't see a vacation happening. Yeah. Between our credit cards, a washer, and stove we bought on credit. And that unexpected car repair. Yeah, that wasn't in the budget. Anyway, we agreed to take the week to research choices for a fixed-rate personal loan, That would let us consolidate all our bills into one low monthly payment and maybe have some leftover for vacation. And the crazy thing is, we both chose bestegg.com. Right? Bestegg got five stars on Consumer Affairs for their easy online loan app that takes about a minute and doesn't impact your credit score. Yeah, and we got approved in one business day for an amazing personal loan. We paid off all our cards and bills and still lowered our monthly payment. Yeah. And now we saved enough to take a little vacation. Yeah. Get your bills under control and your finances back on track at bestegg.com slash life. Bestegg.com slash life. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times vary. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. Everybody knows about this show now, which I really have worked hard over the last two years along with my staff to get the message out about money-making conversation. Uh, the purpose of money-making sh- conversations about entrepreneurship and entertainment, I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision-makers. They, in turn, deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead their balanced life. And a part of that balanced life is giving back. Uh, it's something I've been doing all my life, I guess, since I uh, in college in some way. I pledged a fraternity called Omega Sci-Fi. And it allowed me to give back to my uh, community that way. It gave me structure, gave me a voice. And I've been doing it ever since. I played in 1983. So I've been involved in some type of uh, philanthropic uh, give back or some charitable form of being able to say, people who don't have what I have, let me see if I can enable them to get at least close to what I have. My next guest is a philanthropist and co-founder of Kershaw's Challenge. It is co-founded in twenty. It was co-founded in uh, 2011 by Ellen and her husband, the eight-time Major League Baseball All-Star Clayton Kershaw. Today, the Kershaw's Challenge seeks to serve vulnerable and at-risk, at-risk children living in Los Angeles, Dallas, Zambia, and the Dominican Republic. The goal is to partner with organizations that are committed to this, as well as and work alongside them on specific projects to make life better for children. One of their signature events is the upcoming 7th Annual Ping Pong for Purpose, the number four purpose, being held at Dodger Stadium on August 8th. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, the very first time, and I'm proud to have her, Ellen Kershaw. 
Hi, thanks for having me. Excited <laughs> to be here today to talk about Kershaw's Challenge and our events, our beneficiaries, and everything in between. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The date says 2011. It was founded. Yes. Okay. Obviously, something was bothering you too in life. You're just seeing things. And you're going, because uh-huh. a lot of times you get frustrated. And I know that uh, I participated in stuff because people have asked me to participate in it. I've lent, it, I've lent my name and my, my dollars as well. So this was a program that you two decided to, uh, to engage as part of your brand. What drove that commitment in 2011? You know, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know that we ever expected Kershaw's Challenge to be where it is today. We didn't, we didn't begin it hoping that it would flourish into what it has become. It, it honestly started with just this finding this need that needed to be met um, right away. And I've been going to Zambia, Africa, my entire college um, time. And, and it was really important to me that Clayton would go with me right after we got married, that three weeks after we got married, we went to Africa and he got to meet this little orphan named Hope who I'd fallen in love with. And mm-hmm. um, to be honest, the most critical need was she just needed a home. She needed mm-hmm. a, pl- a safe place to call home, a stable environment, and a family. And, and that's where it began. We realized that Clayton's platform, the talent of baseball, gives us an incredible voice and opportunity to raise money and awareness for this. And so it was on our plane flight back from that first trip to Zambia that we just decided we were going to um, start this mission. And Clayton would donate money for every strikeout he made and, and really mm-hmm. start to use his platform to give back. So in essence, we didn't expect it to grow to where it is today. We honestly just went in thinking we've got to build this girl a home. We wanted to start with this children's home where orphans just like Hope would have a place to grow up in, in a family environment. So that's where it began with just a singular focus, need, and passion. And gosh, it has snowballed and, and escalated and grown into something beyond our wildest dreams. Well, dreams are what made this happen. It was emotional is what made this happen. I'm speaking to Ellen Kershaw. Um, we're discussing her, the foundation that she started with her husband, Clayton Kershaw. And there's some other cities. We started with Zambia. And then, but you have yes. Los Angeles, you have Dallas, and we're going to talk about the Dominican Republic. Los Angeles is where you're based, so I think that's a natural relationship that you, you walk out your front door, you see trouble, you want to fix it close to home. But Dallas, exactly. why Dallas? So Dallas is where Clayton and I are both from. We actually spend our off-season there. Um, we still very much consider that our home base. So um, even though we're in L.A. during the season, and, and that absolutely has become a second home to us, we also spend a good amount of time in Dallas, and for a while, we were only getting to go to Africa once a year during the off season. And mm-hmm. um, Clayton and I's heart just continued to crave service and finding those kids who are vulnerable and in need and um, that we could be touching throughout the se- baseball season and during the off season. So that's why we began to include Los Angeles and Dallas, our, our two home bases to Kershaw's okay. Challenge. Well, see, I'm, I'm a Texas boy. I'm from Houston, Texas. So oh, I, didn't yeah. know, I didn't know y'all were Texans. So this, this conversation yeah. got even more special oh, yeah. now. Woo! Now, now, being uh-huh. that you're Dallas, you know, you know, y'all up in Dallas, you know, you're used to really where it's happening. I'm gonna just let you know that, Ella. I'm just gonna let you know that it's my show. I can say that, but uh, you're doing yeah. a great cause now. Not the Dominican Republic. How did we get over there right. to the Dominican Republic? So that was really important to Clayton. That actually is where his passion really stemmed from. He has had so many teammates that have come Absolutely. from the DR, and you know, over there, baseball is valued at kind of this utmost importance. That for a lot of kids, it's the ticket off the island, and um, they just kind of hold it with such reverence, that sport, that Clayton really knew how powerful his voice and his platform would be over mm-hmm. there. And, mm-hmm. and he's met so many baseball players that were once those vulnerable kids that really needed 
an extra boost and a helping hand to get them to where they are today. So that's where um, that's where we added on the Dominican Republic. Okay, cool. So you have like four locations. Uh, you have Los Angeles, Dallas, Zambia, and Dominican Republic. In each location, is the responsibility or the purpose the same in each location, or do they shift based on need? You know, it, it does shift based on needs, but the essence of Kershaw's challenge is vulnerable and at-risk children, mm-hmm. um, especially when Clayton and I became parents ourselves. It is unimaginable for us to think about kids out there who don't have a stable environment, a safe place to call home as our kids do. And so really our heart reaches in a whole new capacity once we become parents. I know that, you know, I'm a parent. I know exactly when I see um, kids who are being abused or kids that um, don't have what I think is, should be normal. It really is. Uh, it's really uh, it's unexplainable. So I, I'm, I find what you're saying very relatable from an emotional standpoint. I find it commendable that you took your emotion and turned it into a, a passion. And that passion became an idea and using now. Now, you know, you, you say your husband, Clayton, Clayton, Clayton. And then you say, hey, Rashawn, let me just get you straight. Zambia was, was something I was involved in when I was in college. Now, how did y'all bring that scope together and inform this? It's 2011. It's now we're 2011 now. You know, you you got this right. passion. You know, you you're making decisions. Did you have four four cities already in place, or did you start with one city and just started expanding? That's a great question. Um, Clayton and I actually started dating when we were in high school. We were just 14 years old and best friends. And and then I actually went off to college at Texas A&M. And, and Clayton. Oh, you're an Aggie too. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm, an I'm a too. University of Houston <laughs> Cougar. Now you need to stop talking. Now you need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks and gig them. Oh, um, so <laughs> we had these four years where both of us really got to flourish on our own, and we were still dating, but. He was pursuing his dream of baseball, and and meanwhile, I was going to spending my college summers going to Africa, and so mm-hmm. we almost were going down these two completely opposite paths, right. both both pursuing our passions and dreams, and and part of us were a little bit worried about like how can these actually ever intersect? How are we going to figure out how we both get to do what we are passionate about, and have there be any overlap? And that's kind of the beauty of Kershaw's challenge. It it, it is the perfect culmination of my passion for. Zambia and the orphans there and Clayton getting to use his platform to rescue them, to bring awareness to them, to raise a lot of money for them. And even though it began as my passion and and my calling, I mean, once Clayton went over there and thought for himself, you, you can't help, but it become your passion and your calling too. It just, it changes who you are and um, you leave a part of your heart over there that you never get back. So um, it's very much become a part of who he is as well. Let's talk about this, uh, because I know when you do um, locations like this, you have to partner with organizations that are already committed in this direction. How do you select it? Because that's a trust factor, because now you're putting your brand and your association, and, you know, sometimes when you do good, if you do good with the wrong people, they can come back with a negative back- backlash. How do you select? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, how do you, yeah. how do you partner up with the organization? How do you vet the organizations that you're partnering up with? You know, we have a really extensive application and interview process, and um, we ask for references. We do site visits. Um, Arise Africa is who we partner with in Africa, and we've actually, Clayton and I got to be with them from the very beginning. And so, in essence, we've a little bit gotten to help them grow and see mm. the growth from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and that's made a huge difference to us. Uh, what are some of the other upcoming projects that the Kershaw's Challenge is doing this year and in the future? 
So locally in L.A., actually, next week we have this um, event that's really special. It's called the Back to School Bash, and we partner with the Dream Center here in Los Angeles. We get to pack out, pass out thousands and thousands of backpacks to kids who are about to start school, and maybe you're going into the school, you're feeling very unprepared. Um, and so these families, they line up around the block starting at 3 a.m. in the morning mm. just to make sure that their kid get a backpack filled with all of the school supplies they'll need that these parents can't provide themselves. And so once um, once the kids and the families enter the line starting at 10 a.m., I mean, they've now waited out there for seven hours hoping to be one of the first in lines. And Clayton and I get to stand at the front of the lines and, and see the smiles on these kids' faces, just feeling like they are now fully prepared and equipped to start school. But once they enter the back-to-school bash, it's pretty magical. Um, we get to do eye exams, physicals, um, back-to-school shopping. We have racks of clothes. We do bike giveaways, haircuts to start school off, Um, really just all the things that I grew up very much taking for granted. And these kids don't. They realize what an opportunity this is, and um, they're just very thankful, and it's incredible to get to witness firsthand passing a backpack out to a kid that Otherwise, would not get that before school starts. Awesome. Uh, before I go, uh, Brooke, we've got one minute left in this interview. I want to talk about how people can give back and find out more about uh, Kershaw's Challenge. So you can go to kershawschallenge.com. That has all of the information that anybody would need, ways to get involved. We have um, sometimes throughout the year we'll be selling T-shirts that you can represent, hear different stories of people that are also giving back in their own unique ways hear about all the beneficiaries that we're getting to raise money for this year. Um, that's where you can find all of the information, but also follow us on social media. We've got an Instagram account, a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and daily we are posting updates on those. So um, we love our followers to follow along to hear the <laughs> daily changes and impact. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Now, on the, uh, before I wrap, on the back of the school bash, is that open to everybody? Are these families screened, or can I post nope. it on social media? It is you? open to it is open to everybody. They just need to look up the Dream Center in Los Angeles. Okay. Meet us there. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you for coming on my show. You're amazing. Uh, I hope wish continued success. I'm an Astro fan, but I wish continued success for the Dodgers <laughs> till they meet the Astros in the World thank Series. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm going to post as much as I can to promote everything that you do in the future, okay? Thank you for calling Thank my show. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. We were having coffee and I asked Jen where we should go on vacation. And I said, with our bills, I don't see a vacation happening. Yeah. Between our credit cards, a washer, and stove we bought on credit. And that unexpected car repair. Yeah, that wasn't in the budget. Anyway, we agreed to take the week to research choices for a fixed rate personal loan that would let us consolidate all our bills into one low monthly payment and maybe have some leftover for vacation. And the crazy thing is, we both chose bestegg.com. Right? Bestegg got five stars on Consumer Affairs for their easy online loan app that takes about a minute and doesn't impact your credit score. Yeah, and we got approved in one business day for an amazing personal loan. We paid off all our cards and bills and still lowered our monthly payment. Yeah. And now we saved enough to take a little vacation. Yeah. Get your bills under control and your finances back on track at bestegg.com slash life. Bestegg.com slash life. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times vary. Let me 
tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. My next guest is one of those people in the entrepreneurship lane, but she's tied to education. So you're getting two things out of it. You can get your life right from a from a business standpoint and get your life right from an educational standpoint because she's trying to make your life right after you got your degree. Because a lot of times when you go to school, you can walk away with your debt. My next guest is the CEO of an award-winning business called The Student Loan Doctor. The Student Loan Doctor is a student debt repayment company. She's considered the people's expert for all matters related to student loan debt repayment. She has over seven years of practical higher education and financial aid experience. Please welcome to Monument Making Conversation, Sonia Lewis. Thank you so much for having me. I tell you what, that was a that was an applause driven. We got to get some applause, Sam. You know, because I'm, I'm doing these applause nowadays. You know, it's like well, you know, like I'm a, I'm a performer. So usually when people introduce me on right. stage, it's applause that carries me on the stage. So now I'm setting up all these great introductions and individuals. I need a little applause. I'm about to get, I'm, you know, it's something that I don't have to pay for. Make sure it's a uh, copy free. Okay. Trademark free. Yes. So, you know, how you doing, Ms. Lewis? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing fine. And where are you based at right now? Calling from? Yeah, I'm calling out of Philadelphia, PA. Okay. I've just talked to another good friend up there in the Philadelphia, PA area. I've been, spent a lot of time mm-hmm. up there in New York. I take the Excel, the Excel down from New York to D.C. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite way. I don't jump on no plane. I just hop on that Amtrak train, come on down. So I'm always yes. passing through Philly. And um, it's a great opportunity to get some good food. I used to hang out in Philly a lot. When I was managing Steve Harvey, we would stay at the Ritz-Carlton right downtown, that little area down there, right across from that bookstore down there. That's mm-hmm. where I would hang out. So Philly area is good to me. Now, you, my friend, started the Student Long Doctor. Company. Yes, because I was going through my own trials uh, with that <laughs> in general. That's <laughs> and, um, that usually gives you inspiration, doesn't it? Overdraft queen. <laughs> that gives you inspiration when you're going through the problem. How do I fix this problem? Then you fix it. You go, you know, so maybe I can fix this for other people. So what was your problem? Give us your yeah. story about your debt that really traumatized you to the point that you you were inspired to, 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 to fix other people's problems. Yeah, so I started getting help with my debt because I really realized that I wasn't living the the life that God had told me to live. So you can't be a good giver broke and you can't motivate or be encouraging to anyone if you are down and dumps yourself. And a lot of times I feel like our problems stem from finances, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to get me together. But if you're a good friend and you care about the people around you, you want to help them get themselves together too. So I started to help my friends and family because I'm like, they don't know this information or I know they would have told me, right? Right. So I started helping people and then people at the church started to tell other people about the work we were doing on Sundays after church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, Jesus didn't say everybody had to be free now. I didn't hear that. I didn't see that in the scripture. (laughs) So I started 
<laughs> consulting with people on about their student loans because it was this thing that everybody was coming to me for. And this is my professional background. Um, for over nine years, I've been doing this work um, for other colleges and universities. But I'm like, well, what would it look like to do it for yourself? Right. So for the last three years, um, I've been in business initially myself uh, for a year. And then the last two, I've uh, hired a wonderful team to help me take on uh, this $1.5 trillion debt. Now, I'm just going to let you know, I was talking to my staff off, stay, off camera, off radio, excuse me, mm-hmm. and we was talking about, I was watching this special on NBC, and it was these students, a group of students out there who are in debt, and they just saying, we're not paying it back. We're just refusing to pay. Right. We're just going to be, it's coming out, they even got a hashtag, we won't pay. And I'm, and I'm going like, mm. okay, how you, how can you, how, first of all, I was mad at them, because, you know, they just, they were showing them shredding up the invoices that were coming in. I'm going like, really? Really? Yeah. So if you don't pay, <laughs> who's going to pay? So, so first of all, I'm reckoning I'm burning his little face, you know, because they, they wouldn't reveal his name, you know, for some reason, but they showed his face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what, a, what, what education he got, but if I see your face, I'm eventually going to know your name, especially if you're going to want a job mm-hmm. one day. So you have these group of students out there who are ignoring their responsibility, I must say. They've accepted the, uh, the, the the financial aid to get a degree. Now they've left college and they've said, mm-hmm. look, I'm not going to pay. What do you say to individuals that are doing that out there? So that's not a good plan. Um, this is the only day in the United States of America <laughs> that you don't have to be a part of for them to collect on. Mm-hmm. So I know that people are frustrated. I know that they are mad, but no one held a gun to these people's head in terms of borrowing, right? So you knew when you were borrowing, unless there's a, there's a situation here where they may be incapable of being good borrowers and repayment. But other than that, you knew about this debt, right? right. And so shredding up the paper, that's fine, because when they electronically go into that bank account or to that employer that is mandated to get 15% per check, it is not going to be a game anymore. So we don't, we don't want to institute that plan. So, uh, so <laughs> that was that was professionally stated, but very funny, because I thought the same thing. Okay, I got a problem with you because guess what? Nobody, nobody stopped you. Now you want to stop the system from collecting. Now let's we want to go through some um, right. some uh, some questions that were presented to me, so I can make sure I get all the information that and people. How, first of all, how can people contact you? Let's get that out the way first, and we're going to yes. do it now at the end of the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, the best way is drpleasehelpme.com, drpleasehelpme.com, um, where they can call us. Uh, they can do that as well, 267-386-1116. Mm-hmm. Or I always say the fun for us is on social media, um, Instagram, particularly at the Student Loan Doctor. We post about all of our events, our webinars. We do a lot of free community education. So you don't have to ever buy anything from us, but we're going to continue every two weeks with a new webinar on a different area, a different focus about student loan debt. Okay. You know, because some people get all the way through med school, have $250,000 in debt. So when they get out, okay, I, I, can't, I right. can't cry about that because you knew that you went to school that far because you were trying to get a job. They're going to pay you a lot of money. And then you now the government is saying in 2016, we're going to know. We want to know about that debt before you try to buy a home, correct? Exactly. So they won't even allow you to buy a home in the pre-approval process. You're going to be held up. So don't even get your credit checked because you just need to know going into this while you're listening today. 
put your loans in repayment first. And we partner with so many potential home buyers because we have different lenders and different programs that if you owe over 50000 in loans, you can still get a home. But we've got to be savvy about how we have it show up on your credit report. And we help, I would say, close to 300 potential buyers a month with this process. So we're very familiar with it. 300 potential buyers a month? Yes. Woo! This is, I'm sure, I'm assuming this is country nationwide that you're getting these calls. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we work nationwide with clients, yes. Like she, she said that, like, Rashawn, do, do you know who you're talking to? We're not just statewide or city. We're not wrapped into a zip code. We're nationwide. In fact, we worldwide sometimes when they dial the wrong number. We tell them, no, we don't do anything Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> we do have worldwide clients, but they're U.S. citizens just working abroad. <laughs> there so you we, go. I don't know if that counts. There you know. go. There you go. Let's talk about what does consolidation of uh, my loans mean? That was one of your questions. I thought it was really Yeah, important. so I think, you know, it's important. A lot of people don't understand consolidation, and then they get tricked, and they think that the loan will go away, or they paid it off in full. No, no, no. <laughs> consolidation is just the sum total of all your loans into one manageable payment with one lender. And in order to be eligible for home buying and certain forgiveness programs, you do need to consolidate your loans. It can change the terms of your repayment, so it can make your overall interest rate high because it's the sum average of your all of your loans and their interest rates. So that's not fun. But a lot of lenders, and again, those public service loan forgiveness programs um, that are real, right, they are hiring consolidation. Well, you know, I, I want to tell everybody, like, early on in my life, uh, you know, I had multiple Credit, lines of credit that will open and I consolidate one of mm-hmm. the best moves I did was consolidate my loans into a single payment but you have to remember mm-hmm. that's a debt so you don't just suddenly mm-hmm. go out there those charges those credit cards that you cleaned up don't start using them until that single debt is paid up and that's where people make right. a lot of mistakes they go okay a single single payment yes but that single payment resolves some issues over here that you were having because you got out of hand on your spending so pay off that exactly. single debt, live on a cash lifestyle. And, that's, and, that's, and I think it's important that people understand that because I do that, pro, I do that in my credit cards because if I charge something that month, then I'm going to pay it off at the end of the month. I do not overcharge. Mm-hmm. I do not charge anything I can't pay off in 30 days. I really don't. If I right. am going to charge it, it's going to be paid off in 30 days. Do not ever charge anything that you go, well, I'll pay it off down the line. Because the interest rates will kill you, mm. and you can't write it off. You can't write it off. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my little note about uh, consolidated loans. Like we're we, we going to talk about You, you kind of hint on this a little bit earlier. How to resolve default or wage garnish loans. Yes, so this is a big challenge because so many people, like the example you gave, are like, I'm not paying. Rip it up. Right, so that's the group that we'll be hearing from in about nine months, 270 business days, right? So that's the group that we're going to see, you know, they're not having pleasant days at work because their check is 15% smaller each pay period. Wage garnishment and default can be resolved, right? You might do it through consolidation. You might can do it through an affordable uh, repayment plan. But when it gets to that point, that's when collection agencies take over, they take it over, and they're not the nicest people. Mm-hmm. So we help people before or even once they're at that point because it's stressful. I mean, literally, it's their job to make you not want to come to an agreement because if the collection agency can keep the loans that they were given to work on behalf of the lender, they mm-hmm. get to add a $6,000 administration fee. 
So if you never own up to this or you start paying on it without a correct agreement, you just added $6,000 to your bill. And a lot of people don't know that. It says it at wow. the top of the letter, but, of course, people don't read every detail. And I'm going to let everybody so know about garnish. Help people. I'm going to let everybody know about garnishing your wages. You know, like I said, you get your, you get your check, let's say so, $600. And the taxes come yeah, out. The tax is going to come out. The taxes. The taxes come out. And then that mouth that's left, that's the part that's garnished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, it, they don't they don't garnish the whole no. amount before taxes. No, the taxes come out. Uncle Sam gets his money. Mm-hmm. Then whatever you got left, God forbid, oh, you got some, some child support payments. Bro, you really got problems then. You know, because they're they going to get their money. They don't care whatever left. They're going to get their money. And then it just keeps getting mm-hmm. smaller and smaller and smaller. Miss Lewis, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You are just, you are entertaining. You are, I know that down here to say you are, you're a very uh, a popular expert speaker across the country. You've shown it on this show. Any, can you tell everybody the phone number again, as well as the website? So yeah. they can be one of those 300 callers that they call, they call you that number and want to get support and help. And maybe one of those international callers who got property stateside. Yeah, so we're open 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 267-386-1116. And then our website is drpleasehelpme.com. And on Instagram, you can follow uh, my page at the student loan doctor. So thank you so much for having us. And I really appreciate your time today and making uh, awareness to this issue. You're, you're fantastic, and we'll have you back. Thank you for coming on the show. This is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversations. We were having coffee, and I asked Jen where we should go on vacation. And I said, with our bills, I don't see a vacation happening. Yeah, between our credit cards, a washer, and stove we bought on credit. And that unexpected car repair. Yeah, that wasn't in the budget. Anyway, we agreed to take the week to research choices for a fixed-rate personal loan that would let us consolidate all our bills into one low monthly payment and maybe have some left over for vacation. And the crazy thing is, we both chose bestegg.com. Right? Best Egg got five stars on Consumer Affairs for their easy online loan app that takes about a minute and doesn't impact your credit score. Yeah, and we got approved in one business day for an amazing personal loan. We paid off all our cards and bills and still lowered our monthly payment. Yeah. And now we saved enough to take a little vacation. Yeah. Get your bills under control and your finances back on track at bestegg.com slash life. Bestegg.com slash life. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times vary. Facebook and everything. Life is really good. Oh, I'm good? You can hear me now? All right. This is Rashawn McDonald live. Of course you can hear me. I can hear myself. In the... Can you hear me? I can She's like, I was going to say, my guest. I can't give her her name because she's my guest. She's an untitled person, but she has a robust personality. Each money making, each money making conversation radio talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entre- entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I have an industry decision maker sitting right next to me. They in turn deliver information, which she will do on my show about career planning, motivation. Uh, also, just tell you how to handle your money too, because she, what she's going to talk is an area that a lot of people don't understand how 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 it intertwines and uh, how to lead a balanced life. She just came off vacation, so she understands about. It. See, I didn't. Sixteen years, I was managing Steve. I would tell people all the time, I was just out there grinding, mm-hmm. and my wife would always complain, but you know, but the checks were good, so the complaints were low. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. the, you know, so she's come back. She's she's neatly tan. I've been teasing about how she's peeling on her. On the wow, tips of her shoulder. Wow. You know, so. <laughs> I should not have worn the dress I wore. Oh, no. She looks fantastic, but she is peeling. 
Wow. <laughs> My next guest received her undergraduate degree from the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Yes. Her master's in business administration from Clark Atlantic University and her PhD in adult education from the University of Georgia. Right. Go dog! Yes. She is the senior vice president of, and head of HR for the Atlanta Braves, which she supports the major league team. Is minor league the yes. system? Okay. So I support the minor uh-huh. leagues and battery, the battery. Battery park development in all areas of people capital initiatives. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation for the very first time, my first human resource resources expert. Oh, wow. Good. Uh, doctor, doctor. I put doctor in there. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Doretta Cole Rose. Yes. I'm so glad to be <laughs> here with you today. It, 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 it didn't have doctor nowhere. And I went, PhD? She's a doctor. I let am. me Let me give you respect. I appreciate that. Because that's, that's a, you know, I stopped at the bachelor. I, I stopped right there. A bachelor of math. My uh, science and mathematics, Rashawn, was done. Right. When you go right. on MBA and PhD, how do you do that? How, what, what motivation leads you to that next level of education? So that's a great question. And I, and I have people say this to me all the time. Mm-hmm. I did not go back to get my doctorate to be called Dr. Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I went back to give me credibility. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to walk into a room and have a conversation or walk into a room and have a seat at the table, Mm -hmm. that helped that. Because the one thing people can't take away from you are two things. Mm -hmm. They can't take away your experience, and they can't take away your education. I agree with that. I always tell people, you can't repo your degree. No. You cannot. See, we're on the same page. See, I'm getting along with her already. See, can't take shades. Well, we're good. Yes, we oh, good. that's my quote. I tell you, get that degree because it can't repo it. Once it goes on that wall, that's yours. That, exactly, good. exactly. And so, so education is important for you. I'm, I'm sure for your family. Talk yeah. about how you, you have you have sons. I do. Okay, I do. talk about how that, that edu- your educational influence has shaped their lives. Oh, that's a great question. And you know, I have to tell the story about the fact that. My grandmother and my great aunt had their degree. Mm-hmm. So growing up as a little girl, mm-hmm. my grandpa- my grandmother had her degree. And they were from Arkansas in a small mm-hmm. town in Arkansas. Both my parents have their masters. Mm-hmm. My dad is everything but, he's ABD, everything mm-hmm. but a dissertation. And mm-hmm. so it was instilled in us. And by the way, they were all educators. Mm-hmm. So it was instilled in us that mm-hmm. education was something you had to do in order for you to mm-hmm. advance, right. in order for you to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly mm-hmm. enough to me, the challenge, or not the challenge, I think my sons had the opportunity to see me through my educational mm-hmm. pursuit. The, mm-hmm. the, the great thing for me <laughs> is that they actually saw me get my doctorate. And so out of everything else that happened, I think that that helped them at least to view it and see it. We can talk about it all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, in, but to really instill something in someone, they need to experience it. We well, you know it's always great to hear that because I always tell people about young people and yes. people as they grow. You, it's amazing what what young minds will mm-hmm. will, will will register right. and stay on? That's why I'm always sensitive to to, to abuse relationships yeah. because these these young people are seeing see things that. that you might say at one or two years old is now is registered. Right. It is registering for real. Yeah. And so as they go old, they, they, it can it can create an insecure kid, yeah. a confident kid, a yeah. kid. All these different ways that you that you march and say your your your. Your children, your son saw you. Yeah. That was a process that was defining to them. Yeah. That was an effort process. Yeah. And that allows them, when you say you can do it, they go, okay, mom did. Yeah. And that's yeah. really important. And I wanted to get that out yeah. because that was important as we talk about what you are achieving as a, as a professional. Yeah. So talk about your position at the Atlanta Braves. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. It's so funny. I've been doing human resources, I hate to say it, over 20 years, and I've had... Before we get started, what exactly is human resources? What exactly So that's a great question. So I have this conversation all the time, but I always view 
as a human resources professional, your goal mm-hmm. is to ensure the engagement mm-hmm. and the enhancement mm-hmm. of staff. Okay. And so the reality is that although we call it human resources, I always state that it's people capital. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the the um, balance sheet mm-hmm. of any organization, mm-hmm. the highest cost is your staff. Absolutely. And so when you start thinking of it that way and understanding engagement is critical, motivation is critical for you to get the best mm-hmm. out of staff and yourself, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other components, of course, that goes into that. So I just gave you a really broad view of Absolutely. what HR is. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to talent acquisition, making sure that you bring in the right talent for the right roles, Mm -hmm. making sure once they're there, that's the talent management part of that, Mm -hmm. where you are really enhancing Mm -hmm. their experience. You are promoting them through the organization. You're teaching them. They're going through learning Mm -hmm. and development Mm -hmm. so that they can not only grow themselves personally, professionally, but also for the organization. Right. And so that that component is very critical too. And then all the other aspects that are so important for people. So when you think about what's happening in the world of benefits, right. in the world of money matters, 401k, pension plan, things of that nature, that's part of what we do too. We create tools mm-hmm. and we create systems for people to be able to thrive in an organization right. as opposed to just survive. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, sure. Talk about uh, the whole process of educating an employee. Yeah. You know, I'm an employer. Yeah. I'm an employee. I have a certain desire, of what, expectation, I should yeah. say. And so well, how do I, okay, I hire somebody, um, how do you uh, enhance their value? Because that's the whole purpose of you hire sure. somebody not to be the person that you hire, but to increase value so they can be an asset for your company. Sure. And a lot of times what you think about you're doing is that you are hiring people for their potential. Right. So when you think about hiring people for their potential, you're looking at a piece of paper and you're discern- discerning their resume. Right. But beyond that, it is first teaching them about the organization, mm-hmm. have them go through a level mm-hmm. of new hire orientation. Mm-hmm. It gives them an understanding of mm-hmm. the culture. Mm-hmm. And then from there, in their specific role, mm-hmm. you're either growing them, mm-hmm. enhancing them, or you're building them. Right. And so there's a, a whole lot of ways you need to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about strategy right. around learning and development, mm-hmm. it is taking an individual, mm-hmm. understanding what their raw skill is, mm-hmm. right, right, mm-hmm. and then putting them in putting them in situations where they get you can get classroom learning but for me experiential learning is just as critical because going through an experience allows you to understand it now it's really interesting when i watch your education yes okay you, you know georgia then hbcu mm-hmm. then georgia mm-hmm. let's talk let's talk about that journey sure. and because i feel that it's important we talk about that yeah. because hbcus don't get the credit no oftentimes as an education uh opportunity, a, right. a valid yeah. education opportunity. You know, a lot of, you know, Howard is like our Harvard. Right. How, you know, everybody yeah. talks about Howard. Yeah. But let's, uh, Spelman also yeah. Yeah. talks about Spelman. Those, those are two that really get that, oh, mm-hmm. uh, those two, you, your home run, they have a great uh, alumni uh, uh, partnership with right. all their past uh, right. uh, students. Mm-hmm. So talk about your experience of Georgia, HBCU, Georgia. I love to tell a story because my parents both graduated from um, – Arkansas, the, the University of Arkansas and Pine Bluff. So they both went to UAPB. Mm-hmm. And when I was gr- getting ready to go to college, they were like, you need, you can get into UAPB. And I was like, no, I am running as far as I can from an HBCU. I'm not doing that. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I did my undergraduate experience at the University of Georgia, very rich experience, very amazing experience. But mm-hmm. there was one thing I was missing. Mm-hmm. It was the community mm-hmm. that I know my parents had. That they were they telling you UAP. about. Yeah, that I, and my mm-hmm. grandmother. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were telling mm-hmm. me because my grandmother mm-hmm. went to UAPB too. Mm-hmm. But you would know it all. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I got this. I got the this. moment that I had the opportunity <laughs> and knew that I was going to go back and get my MBA, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to an HBCU. And so the experience that I got from, and again, not taking any way from a majority school, the experience I got at Mm -hmm. UAPB was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Those people that I graduated with, it was 62 of us. Mm -hmm. All of them were in my wedding. Two of them, four of them are very close friends of mine. We have forged relationships. And the other thing that I would say to you, my whole thought process around mm-hmm. perseverance came from going to a, to an HBCU mm-hmm. and just the community that I built there. I mm-hmm. can talk about Dr. Kimbrough. I mm-hmm. can talk about Dr. <laughs> Davis. Like I can call these gentlemen still up to this day. And when I got ready to go back to get my doctorate, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a, a um, recommendation without mm-hmm. a question. Which is about relationships. That is exactly right. Which a lot of people don't understand a value yeah. because I always tell people you can't stand by yourself. No. And you can't climb by yourself. No. Relationships help you each right. step of the way. Right. And when you fall back, they can be there with open arms Absolutely. to support your, your, your sudden, comp- the, uh, uh, motivate you to get back up. Yeah. yeah. And so with that being said, what do you do on a daily basis? We've got like a minute and a half left. Okay. We've been talking up a storm. <laughs> what do you do over there with the Atlanta Braves? I, I've rattled off a lot, of, a lot sure. of affiliate relationships over there. What do you do? What do I do? A day in the life of a your day in doctor. Life. That doctor. Is, so it changes every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I will tell you, dealing with the human element changes mm-hmm. every single Absolutely. day. <laughs> and so the one thing that I have the opportunity to do is because it's an amazing brand. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that my... I feel like my role is just to enhance what was already there. And mm-hmm. so that's what I think about doing every single day. What can we do more right. to, to teach and, and to train and develop our staff? Well, you know, the thing about it, I would tell you, uh, and this is anybody who's, uh, who's an employee, mm-hmm. anybody who's looking to open a small business, HR has to be the front of your conversation. It has to be at the front of your conversation right after financing. Right. HR right. better be right there because yeah. that will – because you have to look at uh, employees as capital. Yes. And if you don't look at them as money-making capital, yes. then guess what? You already failed, and what you're trying to do is project success in your store. And you have to treat them like you would treat family. Yes. They have issues. You have issues. Right. Learn to merge right. the two so you can have a positive relationship. Absolutely. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm yes. good at this now. Yes. See? Good. You no, didn't need me to come in and talk to you. Yes, you I did. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you coming back, too, because we got a lot to talk about. they got 10 seconds left. He's showing up the countdown. Thank you for coming on my show. Absolutely. You're amazing. Because we got, you. Okay, we got an anniversary coming up in January. We're going to have you back before I then. appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We were having coffee, and I asked Jen where we should go on vacation. And I said, with our bills, I don't see a vacation happening. Yeah, between our credit cards, a washer, and stove we bought on credit. And that unexpected car repair. Yeah, that wasn't in the budget. Anyway, we agreed to take the week to research choices for a fixed-rate personal loan that would let us consolidate all our bills into one low monthly payment and maybe have some left over for vacation. And the crazy thing is, we both chose bestegg.com. Right? Best Egg got five stars on Consumer Affairs for their easy online loan app that takes about a minute and doesn't impact your credit score. Yeah, and we got approved in one business day for an amazing personal loan. We paid off all our cards and bills and still lowered our monthly payment. Yeah. 
and now we saved enough to take a little vacation. Yeah. Get your bills under control and your finances back on track at bestegg.com slash life. Bestegg.com slash life. Subject to credit approval. Actual rates, fees, and approval times vary. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 700,000 plus social media followers are female. He's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, former IBM executive, and has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. 